What up, HyperChange? Welcome to another episode. Today, we're going to do Tesla's Q1 2020 earnings preview. So much awesome charts and data to get to. Um, before I dive into my numbers and estimates, I want to make sure to caveat this by saying, you know, as much as these quarterly updates are awesome and I love to get the quarterly financials, I'm going to show you all of my numbers, you know, down to the dollar of what I'm estimating for Tesla. Like, it's important to remember, these are going to be wrong. I'm always going to be wrong. Um, and it's less important about, you know, whether Tesla reports 5.8 billion in revenue or 5.9 billion in revenue, you know, whether they beat Wall Street consensus or not. You know, what I'm really looking for here is, is Tesla still on track for that long-term thesis? Is my trajectory of, you know, Tesla going to take over the automotive industry, sell millions of cars, become a world-changing multi-hundred billion dollar company? Is that future intact? You know, as a long-term investor, that's what I care about. And these quarterly updates are really just reassurance that we're on the right path in that direction. Whether Tesla lost an extra 50 million here or there doesn't really matter in the long run. But that being said, you know, so I, so I think, you know, at a high level, these, these updates are really important because you're hearing straight from the mouth of Elon Musk, of the CEO. As much as the numbers matter, the tone matters. Are they confident about the upcoming situation? Do they sound optimistic? Do they sound like they're going to be able to hit their guidance? Uh, you know, long-term guidance. Are, is Tesla going to hit its 500,000 deliveries um, for 2020 target despite this COVID uh, illness 19 re related crisis? You know, these are all interesting questions. How the business strategy is evolving. This is all the sort of under the hood, juicy details about Tesla. We get to know every single conference call. And I think the business strategy side and management thinking side is just as important as the actual numbers. Um, and that's why this is so exciting for us business nerds. With that caveat saying the numbers aren't important, here are the numbers. So uh, Tesla delivered 88,000 vehicles this quarter. Um, this was way above my estimates, right in line with Tesla Daily's estimates. Um, this looks like it was declining, but for Q1, the seasonally weakest quarter for Tesla in the automotive industry, this was incredible, up 40%. Um, as numbers have come out from other automakers, it's been pretty clear that every other automaker's sales were down in Q1, affected hugely um, by this illness 19 outbreak. Yet, despite you know Tesla going through these same struggles, closing their factory for the last week of the quarter, um, they produced over 100,000 vehicles and delivered you know 40% year-over-year uh, -year growth, um, and that's incredible. But so the good news is we have this data here, which allows us to extrapolate. I have a model that I put on uh, Google Docs that I'll put a link to in the description that roughly estimates based on how many cars Tesla delivered, what their revenue and financials will be for the quarter. This is what the uh, numbers are, quarterly financials coming into the quarter. Um, this is what I'm expecting. This is what my model plugged out, $5.68 in revenue and a loss about $270 million. Um, so that's how it looks there. And it looks much worse than Q4, but it's really important to keep in mind that we need to compare this to year over year, Q1 versus Q1 to make this really apples to apples. And as I've highlighted here, I mean, this is really, this This is the progress. You know, even despite the illness 19, Tesla's business revenue growth has been really strong and impressive um, all the way from Q1 2018, which is when they started the Model 3, um, Q1 2019, Q1 2020, every single year, much higher revenue. And then if you look at the losses as well, going from losing 600 million to 500 million to 300 million, uh, profitability in the right direction as well. So I think at a, at a very high level, even if we didn't have this illness, illness 19 outbreak, even if we didn't know that that happened, this would have been awesome numbers for Tesla and signaled that the thesis is on the right track. Gross margin. This is where things are going to get really uh, hit and probably ugly this quarter. Last quarter, Tesla reported 18.8%. This quarter, I'm expecting about 14%. If you remember on the last conference call, um, this is something that CFO Zachary Kirkhorn guided to is that Tesla, when they launch products, because they have you know this massive production line, they need to spread out uh, uh, all these, you know, uh, gross profit of cars over this massive amount of fixed costs. Well, if you only have a couple cars that you're producing because you're ramping production, then you're gonna have super low gross margin um, on those early car early production vehicles. And that's why I believe cars coming out of the China Gigafactory in Q4 actually even had a negative gross margin. And so 
Tesla right now is almost unprecedentedly launching two different products at once. Um, you know, Gigafactory Shanghai ramping up Model 3 production and Fremont ramping up Model Y production. So the gross margin impact of that, I think, is going to result in a very weak gross margin for Tesla. Additionally, you know, who knows what this illness 19 impact had on the financials at the end of the quarter, but I don't think that would have helped. Um, so I have 14% gross margin. This is up slightly from 12.4-12.5% um, in Q1 2019. So you know, for year-over-year -year comp, this is still improving because Tesla is producing a lot more cars than the same quarter a year ago. So I think that will help them a little bit, but this is going to be a very weak quarter for Tesla's gross margin uh, before I think it, you know, maybe continues to get hit in Q2, but then really improves in the back half of the year. Operating expenses, um, I estimated these grow um, to about 1065 um, up sequentially and up year-over-year -year as well if you exclude restructuring. Um, you know, this is just kind of a guesstimate, really hard to know how this all trended with the illness 19. Adding this all up, this is how I got to my EBIT estimate of negative 270 million, 14% gross margin with those OPEX. Um, so, you know, I, I love this chart to me because Tesla, you know, since I've been following it here on the channel, we've gone through this this transition of Tesla constantly losing money, me saying they're in startup mode, and we've seen them launch the mass, mass market Model 3 and like really get to close to break even and pro actually very profitable in certain quarters um, from the income statement basis. And this, you know, this is their going to be their worst quarter this year if we normalized it without illness 19 and they would have only lost 270 million, it, you know, and then it just keeps improving throughout the year. Like if you look at 2019, you know, they lost a huge amount in Q1 and then it improved throughout the balance of the year and I think normalized that's what would happen for Tesla and this would have been an amazing start to the year um, if we haven't had this whole macro you know overhang so now let's move into Tesla energy this is one of the most underappreciated sides of the business I put out a whole video about this Tesla is guided for its battery and solar deployments to grow 50% um, in 2020 but that was pre illness 19 so we'll see if that guidance is still intact um, I, I think this is a total bright spot of Tesla's business. I mean, a solar roof costs as much as a Model 3, and I think they've launched this. I think uh, they over-promised and under-delivered on it for a long time, and that sort of has people jaded about it. The Wall Street community, the analyst community has really um, overlooked the potential of the solar roof and how that could drive billions in incremental revenue. That's something that's been ramping late last year. Uh, is really was poised to hit its stride this year, pre-illness 19. So I'm very curious how this all works out. But I think Tesla Energy has been a huge, huge bright spot um, that's been executing in the background that has not gotten enough love. And I'm and it was this was supposed to be its breakout year. So I'm so curious like how this will all unfold because we've heard almost nothing about it um, in the past couple months. And so uh, I the battery deployments. Um, I just assume 50% growth here. I mean, as you can see, they were on fire uh, heading into the quarter. It looks like a drop off, but that's still up 50% from 229 megawatts in Q1. So, I, you know, this was total a guesstimate. I just plugged in Tesla's guidance. I did the same for the solar roof uh, or solar installations, which are going to be a mix of the solar panels and solar roof. And as you can see, those uh, are up 50% from 47 megawatts to about 71. Um, that's a 50% year over year increase. And once again, that V or sort of U-shaped turnaround um, in solar installations, I think is a trend that's going to continue as now Tesla's hit their stride with that V3 of the solar roof tile. Now, this for a little more fun, um, I got, someone actually sent me the Morgan Stanley note uh, that came out either today or yesterday, so shout out to that. Um, I'm not, it, you're not really supposed to share it, but I got it, and that had the Wall Street consensus estimates for the quarter, so I wanted to throw those in with my estimates just so you could see, along with Tesla's Q1 2019, um, just at a high level to throw all these together, and it'll be fun to check out which one's closer. Um, I also thought it was hilarious because if you add up Wall Street's auto revenue with their uh, other revenue, it does it, it adds up to $6 billion, but as you can see, 
total revenue is only 5.28 billion because I think some certain analysts are only entering their guesses for certain revenue line items and it screws everything up. And I left that all in there and I just took the numbers that were in the report because I think this perfectly symbolizes like the irony of this whole estimates and quarterly situation, which is kind of what I said at the beginning of the video. Like you can't look too much into this. The whole way Wall Street and CNBC reports earnings and what this is, is just misses the whole point and is so frustrating to me. And it's like one of the, the big reasons of like why we need hyper change in this world and why I started this is because it's like, the, okay, you know, Tesla misses estimates. So what are they saying when that happens? They're saying Tesla missed the consensus estimates of Wall Street analysts. They're not saying Tesla missed the numbers that they said they were going to do. It has nothing to do with Tesla at all. It just has what basically whether do whether analysts guessed it correctly. Tesla doesn't miss estimates. Analysts miss reality. That is the biggest like Anyway, it, it really grinds my gears, and this is a perfect example of it because, like, the revenue line items don't even add up when you look at the Wall Street estimates. So, to comp Tesla against this is ridiculous, in my opinion. But it's interesting to see what the street is thinking nonetheless. So, I've included it. Um, and as you can see, I thought it's funny that our my automotive revenue is almost exactly in line with the Wall Street consensus 4862 with 4868. The difference in other revenue is not much energy revenue, it's credits revenue. And we're going to get to that in a second. So, they have a little bit higher total revenue estimate than me, they have a higher gross margin estimate than me. They, assume less operating expenses than me, uh, therefore a better operating income than me. They assume much better free cash flow than me um, and, you know, slightly lower CapEx. So I don't know. I personally was way worse on every single level. I think free cash flow, negative 1.1 billion. Um, I think that's because you have 550 million on CapEx. I think the operating business could lose 550 million because you built, you know, 103,000 cars, but you only delivered 88,000. That 15,000 unit in inventory overhang is all a huge drag on free cash flow. And then this whole shutdown, um, I think that could hurt free cash flow. And CapEx, as you can see, Tesla Q1 2020, 280 million, almost doubling to 250 million in Q1 2020 because of all these new production lines for Giga Shanghai and Model Y. Those are expensive to build out. So those are my estimates comparing to Wall Street. We'll see how all that ends up. Financial-wise, I'm looking, you know, 25, 30% growth for Tesla's business um, on the back of those strong 40% growth in deliveries. Uh, you know, profits and cash flow are going to be negative, but I think are going to be better than Q1 last year. Um, and I think it's really going to show, you know, as Tesla continues to hit more and more scale of their business, the cash flow profile improves. And I think that's what's going to get the street excited. But now the real question is, is can Tesla hit its guidance? Uh, Tesla guided at the beginning of the year that production and deliveries would significantly exceed 500,000 units. Um, and so, and a lot of people, and bulls, including myself, like they're going to crush that. They could even do 600,000. Elon Musk has finally learned to sandbag. Well, now, um, you know, this illness 19 outbreak has occurred. Every company in the entire planet for GM suspending dividends, taking on, you know, multi-billion dollar loans saying, of course, we're not going to hit our guidance. Tesla's stayed totally silent. They haven't raised any additional money because um, they haven't needed to because they've been in a much stronger cash position relative to their competition. They haven't immediately dropped their guidance. They haven't said anything about guidance. So it's technically still intact. Um, and I've been talking to people in the community, Tesla Daily, Rob Maurer, uh, Matt Joyce. Um, and it sounds like they actually think there's a very good shot that Tesla will indeed hit its guidance or like will not abandon it yet. And they could still hit it if things start to reopen later this quarter. Hear me out. Production was about 103,000 deliveries in Q1. The estimates are that could have been around 112,000 um, if we didn't have the shutdown, you know, 100, maybe a little bit higher, 115,000 with Giga Shanghai. Um, but then it, you assume that Q2 production that we start to open up in late June. You get a really strong quarter from Giga Shanghai. Model Y is ramping as well. We could see production about 95,000 units in Q2, slightly below Q3. Um, and then 
or slightly below Q1, and then things really start to bounce back in Q3 and Q4, where we would need production of 146,000 units and 156,000 units. Um, and this sort of arc in the chart would get us to 500,000 units of total production. And assuming Tesla delivers all those cars in inventory would get us to deliveries of 500,000. And, you know, these are, uh, Matt, Joy sent me these numbers. And I've you know, I I kind of agree with them, honestly. And it's I think it's super up in the air. Um, I personally am a lot less like I think this model makes total sense. And I think it's all about, you know, if we open in mid-May versus mid-June, to me, that was what is the difference of us hitting 500,000 deliveries this year or not. If we reopen May 15th, Fremont's booming, it's up and running, and the ramp just continues smoothly, I think 500,000 deliveries for Tesla in 2020, assuming the entire economy and demand doesn't collapse, I think 500,000 can be achieved. If we start to delay opening Fremont until June, until you know mid-June, I think it gets, starts to get really, really hard to hit these numbers, um, with the sort of X factor and question mark being how far, how much can Giga Shanghai ramp? And that'll be another big tidbit moving to the next big thing I'm expecting, you know, guidance, whether they come in at 490 or 510,000 deliveries, I don't really care. But I do think China's uh, Gigafactory has been explosive growth. I think it's what a trend have we seen? It's every single deadline is being hit early. And I think this phase two battery factory being built, more local components, China's economy is back up and running. Um, at Model Y is supposed to, uh, production of that supposed to come online in 2021. Could that be a little early as well? I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of very juicy catalysts and news on this conference call about China and a lot of optimism from Tesla and Elon and the management team saying like, we're crushing it in China. We also learned how to reopen a factory amidst illness 19 in China and Gigafactory Shanghai and get that production back up to speed with these new health and safety precautions, super useful learnings to use at Fremont as well. So I think that'll be a really good uh, sort of silver lining for the quarter in the commentary is this China news. My personal expectation is they've already surpassed or are right around a 3,000 unit per week production rate, phase one capacity of 150,000 units per year. Um, they could announce that they've either hit that or above that, which I think the market would view as a really good sign. The last thing I think is a total X factor here is regulatory credits. Um, this is something that Tesla generates, you know, 100, 150 million, 50 million in revenue per quarter. Essentially, every single car they build comes with this zero emission credit that if you're a normal automaker building gas cars will offset your gas car sales because Tesla has no gas car sales. They have this massive surplus of credits they don't really need, but every other automaker needs. So they sell these to those automakers um, and generate basically 100% margin revenue, a really lucrative uh, revenue line for Tesla. Going forward, Tesla has this you know massive, potentially $2 billion credit deal with Fiat that it sounds like was supposed to start kicking in in Q1 2020. Um, you know, whether that's kicking in, the timing of that is super, super like rough estimates. Nobody actually knows the concrete details of that agreement. But the Wall Street estimates, it looks like, in my opinion, is pricing in the start of this Fiat credit agreement. And so I think that's another really interesting layer is that Tesla is in a really strong position cash flow wise because of these credits and this new kick in of fiat starting to be like another level, potentially double this to, you know, 2 billion over a couple years could mean we're seeing this revenue line item go from, you know, 150 to 200, 300 million a quarter for Tesla. So that's going to be a really awesome tailwind that could surprise or not surprise, but I think they'll probably mention that on the conference call. Um, so i looking for that as well. Another big thing that I think they're going to talk about um, that won't really have a financial impact in Q1, but could in Q2, which is going to be a really bad quarter on paper, except they're going to have something that's going to save it, I think, which is this big new update of autopilot potentially stopping at stoplights. Um, an early access program, they're rolling this out to new uh, customers. I think this is super exciting. I mean, personally, as just a fan of the whole RoboTaxi initiative, I was at Autonomy Day, did the full self-driving test drive, like seeing it go on city streets, seeing it see stop lines, uh, take a left turn to, into oncoming traffic. I mean, this is the really big next new feature for Tesla's autopilot software. And not only as exciting it is of like 
self-driving nerds, like self-driving technologies improving. We're going to get to that autonomous vehicle future faster, but it's like, this is a real needle mover for Tesla's financials. The incremental gross margin of their vehicles goes up. They can raise FSD pricing. They can recognize more of that deferred revenue as they roll out more features. So if they're rolling out a bunch of big new features in Q2, that means they could recognize some of that deferred revenue in Q2 to offset all these other losses. Additionally, the price of FSD, Elon has confirmed that's going to go up soon. That's my guess is because the attachment rate of FSD has been going up because these features are getting better. So this whole theory in the background of Tesla selling computers with wheels, there's more and more software that's being baked in as a part of these vehicle sales is also coming true as well. And so I think there's sort of a, you know, a, a, tr a trifecta of mega tailwinds going on right now. Uh, that's the reason why Tesla stock is crushing it has basically totally shrugged off this massive global depression recession because um, A, every single other automaker is crumbling. Tesla's still able to grow deliveries, this massive outperformance signaling um, that Tesla has way better products, indicating a huge uh, shift in market share to Tesla as things rebound. The third thing is, and, and you know, layered into that, it's like guidance. Tesla's guidance, they haven't even dropped guidance because their uh, business is so strong. Additionally, China's reopened and Tesla is, uh, they posted like something like ridiculous, like 25% of new vehicle sales, or electric vehicle sales in China. I mean, they're dominating that China market as that continues to grow. So that's another silver lining um, of everything that's happening here. And then the third one is the rapidly growing uh, development of that autopilot software, um, as I mentioned. So I think this trifecta of tailwinds is what's driving Tesla stock, and I don't see them going away anytime soon. Um, everyone knows that Q2 is going to be really, really difficult. I'm expecting management to tell us a lot more about that on the call. I mean, Tesla's going to burn a lot of money. Um, they have to shut down their factory. It's going to get ugly. But um, if things start to improve in Q3 and Q4, they're going to be in really, really good shape. So to end the episode, I think that Tesla will not abandon guidance. I think they will like basically say, we still think we can achieve guidance of 500,000 unit deliveries this year. Um, and they will basically, they won't like, it, I guess they'll confirm it, but my point is they won't abandon guidance and that'll be a really, really good news. Um, and that's like the silver lining of what I'm looking for out of tomorrow or out of Wednesday's uh, earnings and conference call. Anyway, would love to know what you think in the comments below, your your guesses for the financials this quarter, um, what you're looking for on the conference call. Would love to know about all of that. And of course, I'm going to be covering um, the earnings when they do come out on Wednesday. So make sure to subscribe and stay tuned if you haven't already. Um, this is Hyper Change. Um, I'll see y'all next time. Peace.